friends, you can earn CEUs for listening to this podcast. It's such an easy way to learn on the go. Check out speechtherapypd.com slash SUP and enter my promo code SUP to get $10 off a year's subscription. With weekly podcasts, you'd never have to worry about getting enough hours again. Can we say ACE Award? Like, for sure. (laughs) Plus, you can join me for the live CEUs and ask me and my guests questions directly. We broadcast the CEU every Monday evening, and I love engaging with my CEU participants. What do you know about voice banking? Or what about message banking? Is there a difference between the two? Are they interchangeable terms? Who's a good candidate for voice banking? How does one bank their voice? If you have ever had these thoughts, then today's episode is just for you. I am welcoming Michelle Wheeler back on the Speech Uncensored podcast to tell me everything she knows about voice banking. We unraveled some mysteries and cleared the air on some misconceptions that I had about the process. I am Leanne Porter, your host, and now it's time to get to it and let Michelle lead the way. All right, and welcome, Michelle. How are you today? I'm good, Leanne. How about you? Well, I'm super stoked about today. We're going to be demystifying voice banking, and you're going to be, of course, leading the way because... Everything that I know about voice banking is literally from what you and I have talked about in our last episode and then the links that you sent me, like going through those. I was like, wow, this is really enlightening. So good. Yeah, it's I I love um, this topic. So absolutely. Good, good. OK. Um, and of course, all those links that you sent me will be in our show notes on speechuncensored.com for folks to go find out. And they're really good. They're just so easy to understand and they just streamline the process and just those links alone I feel like demystify like so much it really is helpful yeah Um, so let's get started um Michelle tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do and how you know so much about voice banking (laughs) (laughs) so uh I'm a speech therapist obviously um I work for the University of Missouri Healthcare System um through Mizzou Therapy Services um I work in the adult neuro clinic and my, I guess my passion um, caseload are my um, ALS patients and my Parkinson's patients and really um, any of those patients, uh, neurostroke that are going to end up needing um, AAC because I also um, work in that population as well. Uh, so um, that's what I do. And um, I also teach um augmentative communication class to the graduate students at University of Missouri. So um, have had just a lot of experience in that area and through my work with the ALS clinic have delved into this uh, world of voice banking and message banking and, and yeah, have found it just um, fascinating and really cool. Yeah. When I was looking through the links that you sent me, um, I didn't know the distinction between voice banking and message banking. Like I've always just heard the term voice banking and had a 
limited understanding of what that meant. And there's a distinction between the two. And so I'm looking forward to diving into that with you. Um, so let's start with voice banking. Just what is it? Yeah. So voice banking is where you basically record your voice and there are different websites that you can do this under. And you are essentially making a voice that you can then put into a communication device so that when you type on any, well, not any, but many of the programs that are out there, the voice that comes out of it will have characteristics of yours or sound more like you. Um, some of the, you can do that through like model talker. That's one. Um, that's the first one that I created a voice in. And when I did it, I, after I made the voice, then I downloaded it or uploaded it into the app predictable so that anytime I type anything, then it sounds more like that voice, my voice, quote unquote, than like the voice that you could just access typically through that. So um, when I first did that process through Model Talker and they have made changes to it. So it's not, um, I guess, as difficult, if you want to say that, as it was when I did it, I had to record, I think it was 1600 sentences. Mm -hmm. um, they give you the, the sentences and you just kind of sit there with your microphone and go through and record them. Um, How long did that take you? It, well, I tried to do, I was going to start with just doing like a hundred a day, but then it was just like, oh my gosh, this is going to drag on forever. <laughs> so then I started <laughs> 16 whole days. Um, so um, then I tried doing like more like 250 to 500, but then like my voice, like I just noticed I felt like I was just having to drink a ton of water and, and I mean, I have a healthy, strong voice. So I was just trying to see like how taxing of a process is this, mm -hmm. you know, for somebody yeah. who maybe doesn't have a strong voice or is losing their voice. Yeah. Um, so I, it probably took me, I bet I did it over two weeks and drove my coworkers crazy as I was doing it. Cause I'm sitting there, you know, reading these sentences, you download, um, you have to down through model talker, you're like download a piece to your computer and then you are uploading your sentences through that piece on your computer. Um, and the voice that came out, like after you get your voice, then you can kind of tweak it. You can slow it down. You can speed it up. You can add different characteristics to it. Um, I guess in the end, I was kind of disappointed with mine, my family thinks it sounds a lot like me. Like I um, called my husband and typed something in and he was like, that's so cool. And my kids think it's really cool too. But when I hear it, I, I don't think it sounds as much like me. Um, but I, you know, I wanted to go through the process. So that was model talker. Um, and then there's another one called acapella. Um, and I'm going through the process of doing that one right now. Uh, with that one, I'm recording 350 sentences, which is much less. Yeah. Um, and I, I think the interface is very similar to Model Talker. You know, through both of them, you go in and kind of request the ability to make a user and to do it. Um, and so they're very similar in that I'm down. I had to download 
something to my computer to do the voice banking through. I'm just literally, bring, it brings up sentences and I record it. You can listen to it and hear it. Um, so I don't know what the end result is of my voice on that one, but um, the process seems very similar to Model Talker. But that is voice banking. You basically are creating a voice that will be your communication device's voice. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I feel like what I thought it was, was you had to go in and record like individual words and then it would piece those words together to create your sentences or something like that. Mm -hmm. But what I'm hearing is you're recording sentences and then it's taking that information and then applying it and creating a digitized version that can approximate how your voice sounds. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Now, I mean, you can, if you have a communication device, um, go through and literally record every word um, through them, but, and it will piece it together, but it'll, it'll, I feel like it'd be a little bit choppier. So it would, I think so too, because that's, there's so, there's so much, um, what I'm trying to think of the word co-articulation in our sentences. When we put words next to other words, depending on what sounds are around them, we clip it, we shorten it, we do all this other stuff to it, depending on what's around it. Right. And if you say button in, you know, isolation, <laughs> right. but we're talking about our buttons, like they, they sound so different. Right. Right. And so, I mean, that you're still with voice banking, you're still going to have a synthesized voice. Like my voice, it, it, it has characteristics of mine, but like, I mean, it doesn't, it's still going to have like that, for lack of a better word, kind of robot-y quality, you know, like you're, you're still going to sound, you're not going to have all the inflection and all of that. Um, it's, it's, I don't know, it's, it's hard to explain, but it, so it's, it's still, it's your voice, but kind of synthesized. Yes. Yeah. I'm, yeah. The, um, one of the other companies that will do this for a fee is, and I don't think I'm pronouncing this right. Um, Seriproc. It's like, S. oh, sorry, that's wrong. C-E-R-E-P-R-O-C. Okay. And they do it for a fee. It's like 500 pounds and... So I converted that to dollars. And right now in today's, like whatever it costs today would be like $610. And they have um, little clips on their website of the speaker's voice as they recorded it. And then what their synthesized voice sounds like reading that sentence so that you can hear the differences and, and what the natural, you know, your regular voice right now versus the final product, what that would sound like. And I think that's really helpful because like you say, like it will be close to your voice, but it will not be exactly your voice. And having that example and being able to listen to it is really helpful. Yeah. And they have that on acapella as well. I noticed um, when I went in and kind of was looking into using, using that um, site to create a voice. And I believe that both of Model Talker and uh, acapella charge a fee as well for the user. Now, um, there's a, a foundation called the Steve Gleason Foundation. Um, so for ALS patients, if, if you contact the foundation, they sometimes will pay that fee for you 
to be able to help create your voice. I think model talker is supposed to be free because it's um, created for research and it has, it's funded by a grant. It is. And I mean, I was able to make my voice for free, but I thought that there was somewhere in model talker where like, if you're the user, there may be a fee involved. So I just kind of tell all my users to kind of look at everything and that there might be a fee. On one of the handouts that I downloaded that you sent me to look over, it talked about how Model Talker was free and then the Seriproc, you know, was a paid version. And because it's like a commercial product, like it's better, it's a closer approximation of your voice that is still synthesized. Right. Um, but I had not heard of acapella, so yeah. I'll- that one. Yeah. There's also one called Lyrebird. So it's like L-Y-R-E. I think it's B-I-R-D. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is one that if you're in Wi-Fi, um, you can, again, now this one is completely free, but you have to use it. You have to be in Wi-Fi. And it is L-Y-R-E-B-I-R-D. Um, but you create, I recorded about 50 sentences and you can keep recording if you want it to sound more like you, but then you kind of, your voice banking is all just within that website. So you type in a sentence, you, and it will say it just, but on only on that website. I see. Okay. So you can't download it. You can't take it with you and use it in other products. You always have to go back to Lyrebird website to hear what you've submitted, what you've recorded. Right. And it will keep a history of what you've typed in. So you wouldn't have to retype all of your phrases all over again, but you're not going to be able to put that in like a communication device or anything. Okay. All right. Um, All right, Michelle, tell me what is voice banking not? Like what, maybe when you've been explaining it to patients or colleagues or your students and they ask a question, you're like, okay, that is definitely not what it is. (laughs) So voice banking is not, um, well, let me think about that. Voice banking is not, I mean, I use, I guess I usually distinguish, like make the distinction between what message banking is and what voice banking is. So that's kind of how I talk about it. Um, So message banking is where you literally are thinking of messages that you want to preserve in your exact voice. So um, I I think, I mean, I kind of gave this example when we talked the last time, but it's, it seems to resonate with people and make sense. Um, My daughter loves to hear the story of her birth every day or, or every year on her birthday And so that would be something that I would message bank and I have message banked. So um, I just kind of think about, well, if she was sitting across from me, what would I tell her? And so I, you basically are telling the story um, of her birth to an empty chair into a microphone, you know, but then, you know, that message is there. And then I've just recorded it as a wave file. Um, just through like a voice recorder app on my phone. And then that WAV file could be dumped into a communication device and kind of saved to a button so that then, you know, if I have that communication device, she could listen to that or she just has the recording. Um, You can also, you know, do simpler phrases like I love you. That's probably a phrase that everybody would like to hear you know, in their own voice and not like a synthesized version of that. 
Um, I think another great voice banking uh, option is to voice bank to, or not voice bank, sorry, message bank to your dogs because dogs aren't going to understand your synthesized speech as well. And so if you have certain things that you say to your dogs and you want them to hear that in your voice for them to respond, then that would be another message. Um, Yeah, there's a really cool video that in one of the links that you sent me that I watched and it's um, a woman using, I believe it was eye gaze for her AAC device and in her own voice that she had message banked she was calling her dog to her. And so the video was showing her sitting in her chair using her communication device and her dog was laying down behind her chair. And as soon as it heard her voice and the dog's name, it perked up Mm -hmm. and she did it again. And then he got up and walked around and jumped in her lap. And the dog knew it was her, even though it was coming from a machine. And it did, it, you know, her, she was saying like, come here, boy, come here. And he did. And it was like, the sweetest thing ever. I'm like, I'm so mad at you, Michelle, for making me tear up. <laughs> so sweet. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, that's the idea behind message banking. And when I talk to um, some of my clients with ALS, I try to make that distinction and just, you know, let, I think, I think the whole idea is just kind of very daunting. Like, where do I start? And so if you can kind of break it down to like, well, Think about, you know, first of all, think about important things that you just feel like need to be preserved, you know, forever in your voice. Um, And then if you want to do, you know, more goodbye, hello, thank you, please, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, For me personally, I, I think I would be okay with some of those things just being in a synthesized voice. If, if I were losing my voice, um, I would focus on like those important stories. I think that, you know, your loved ones just really want to hear you tell in your voice. Yeah. I, I really feel like message banking is a great way to see if you're interested in voice banking. Yeah. And then to understand, like it will sound closer to your voice, but if you feel like that doesn't matter any more than some other already recorded voice that's going to be on a device, then just do your messages and maybe not do voice banking. Right. And if you get started in message banking and you're like, okay, this is awesome. This will work. I can do this. I want to hear what I would sound like slightly synthesized. Right. Right. (laughs) Then go for that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think I thought that voice banking would be all my voice and not synthesized, not have a kind of robotic twang to it. Right. And so that's that's really good for me to understand now also. Yeah, yeah. And I think a lot of times the 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 person who is losing their voice doesn't take into account like how important or how wonderful really it is to preserve some of those special things in their voice. Um and so you know, I mean, a patient with ALS is going through a lot. And so sometimes the last thing they want to think about is, is, you know, trying to do this extra thing. But I found, I mean, when I've been around families that have done it, like they just talk about how fun it is and how much they laugh during it. And, um, 
it's just really, really neat. I, when I was very early into my AAC career, uh, we did voice banking on the person's communication device, not voice banking, sorry, message banking. And um, he, this gentleman say, had, a, had an individualized story for each grandkid. And he recorded this, you know, on the device. And I was very pregnant with my now 13 year old daughter. And I was just bawling because they were so sweet. And like the wife and the daughter were there too. And like, they were like, oh yeah. And this, it, it was so, it was just so neat. And I feel so blessed to have gotten to kind of participate in that with them. Um, but I just recently had another client who did voice bank on her phone and she actually did it um, through the free um, on your Android phone, the free AAC app speech assistant. So she had made buttons and recorded her voice into the buttons. And then we took the wave files and dumped them into grid three in her communication device. And then we were adding them to each button. And um, she had, you know, like some of them were, mistakes, but they were funny. And, you know, and, and her and her daughter were just talking about, oh my gosh, we laughed so much that day. And it was just really, really neat. That is so good to hear. Um, I really like how you touched upon how we, when we have our voice, we take it for granted how much it's tied to our identity and to who we are mm-hmm. until it changes or we lose it to the extent with ALS. And then all we've got left is like a robotic voice. And we're like, that's not us. That doesn't communicate necessarily sarcasm or excitement or anger, you know, and if you can record those feelings in with the messages while you have your voice, that does so much because, you know, I I go back to that video that I watched in the link and, you know, this woman is using eye gaze, like she cannot move her hands right. or anything, right. but her voice is coming across on that. And it is, it's, it's almost jarring from how she's presenting to what I'm hearing, you know, and that's right. being able to keep that really preserves your personhood. I yeah, feel Absolutely. Your, your whole identity for sure. For sure. And I need to, you know, you just said, you know, if you're, if you're mad, if you're pissed off, you know, I need to tell people to add that in there too. Cause I usually am all like, Oh, lovey, lovey. But you know, sometimes you just really probably want to yell or cuss or whatever it is. And that should be, you know, how satisfying would that be if you're hearing your voice? Like, yeah, that says so much more than, than just like type, let me type this in so it can say it. So yeah, I need to add that. I need to remember that too. Because that's important. Another population that I really hadn't hadn't thought about before, as far as message banking or voice banking, is um, individuals who are going to be having a total laryngectomy, total glossectomy. Um, I had a patient and his wife that contacted me. Uh, he was getting ready to have a total laryngectomy, and they just kind of had heard about it and wanted more information, and so. It just kind of was like an aha moment for me, like, oh, yeah, that's a really good idea. Because most of the time, you know, people who um, have a have a laryngectomy will use an electrolarynx or they might use TEP, like esophageal type speech, but their voice is still changed. 
And so, you know, what a great idea to preserve, you know, your actual voice still. And so I just hadn't even thought about that with that population, but that was really kind of like a, oh yeah, that's a great idea. Um, and they, he had actually um, had recorded uh, and narrated their family vacations. So they, he was, he felt like he kind of had a good bank of messages already. So wasn't really interested in it after all, but I thought, well, that's still like a really good idea to kind of pass along or, you know, just, just to have, give the information out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's not just for um, patients with progressive neurological disorders that it could be for this population as well, who are having really extensive surgery done to their articulators or to, or to their larynx. So yeah. Yeah. Thank you for putting that in my mind. <laughs> yeah. Hey, no problem. No problem. And, many people to connect those dots. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, on that vein, just trying to convince patients you know, that do have the progressive neurologic disorders to start as early as they can, uh, just because it, it is taxing, it is fatiguing. And a lot of times when they get to the point where they want to do it, their voice has changed a lot and then they don't want their messages in that voice. Right. So yeah. um, how know, do you impose that importance upon people who are kind of overwhelmed by this massive diagnosis and all the things that are going to be coming down the pike on them? How do you kind of get them on board with focusing on doing some voice or message banking? Mm -hmm. It's very person specific for sure. And I just kind of gently bring up the subject whenever I meet them, you know, uh, through the university of Missouri, we have, a, a, an ALS clinic. And so every three months, the patients come through for sure through that clinic. And I, anytime they come through the clinic. I just kind of tap, talk with them, you know, well, are, have, are we going to, do we need any more information about message banking? Can I help you with anything with that? What questions do you have? So just really trying to make sure they have the information first off and then to just kind of keep talking about it. And most of the time it is like the spouse, you know, uh, that is, or the kids that are like, yeah, yeah, you know, you need to do this. And I mean, I, I saw that with my own family when I had created a voice, they were way more excited about it than I was. I was just like, I did all that work and this is what I get. Like, you know, <laughs> like it just was like, okay. Um, but they, when, when I typed stuff into them, they were just like, that is so cool. It sounds just like you. And so, you know, I mean, I think, if you can try to press upon them, you know, this is just a, a love note that you're leaving to those, to your family, you know, in some way, shape or form. Um, do you use examples? Do you like have some message banks on your phone that you use? And then do you show them your voice banking kind of synthesized voice as well? I do. So that yeah. Yeah. They all get to hear Avery's message. That's my daughter. About uh, mm -hmm. so lots of people have heard how about uh, the day she was born, and then I have messages to my um, to my dog as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, now you get to record some angry messages. I too. know. I'm totally going to do that now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's so satisfying. Yeah. Know? 
Mm. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, what was my next question? Okay. So now I was talking about some of like two of the videos that were on that one web page link that you sent me that will be in the show notes. Do you have like a cache of other videos that are helpful for people or is it really just kind of those two? Yeah, that's that's all I have right now. I I am going to use the acapella website more, I think, now that I've kind of gotten tuned into that one, just because it does have kind of a side-by-side comparison, what you were talking about on the other side about well, this is the person's voice. And when they created a voice, this is what it sounds like. Um, I don't really have a lot of like video showing people using it. And I, I need to get better about uh, recording people that are, you know, that have their messages on their devices and things, but just like in the moment, I never think about it. It's just kind right? of, yeah. you know, that makes sense. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I know one of the links I sent you, I believe was from like the Boston Children's Hospital. Um, but it, if you scroll down far enough, you can get to like a page that has a ton of ideas. Cause I think that's, you know, sometimes people do get stuck in kind of, well, what would I make a message of if, if the things that I've said don't resonate with them. And so, um, that has a list of literally like, just everything almost you can think of to say. And so, which is overwhelming to look at, but if you can kind of peruse through and be like, oh yeah, I would like to say that in my voice or, oh yeah, that's a good one. Or, you know, it again, just kind of gives you an idea. And so those are things that I, that I typically do. It's more like, well, why don't you look through this and see, you know, if any of that resonates with you. Um. Do you have a sense of the people that you speak with who are like, yes, I want to do voice banking versus the ones who are like, "Mm, hard pass. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I mean, it's, it's almost like immediate, you know, Um, I think, and again, I get when I meet with, with my families in ALS clinic, I get a lot of interest from the spouse initially and just like, yes, oh, that's a great idea. You know, we should do that. Um, but there have, I mean, they're definitely, and I, well, I want to say it mostly, in my recent history, it's mostly been women who have wanted to do it. Um, but then, you know, I do have the gentleman um, who made the messages for his grandkids, but it's mostly been the, the female that has, has been more interested in doing it. Or if there's a daughter kind of pushing, um, I, I haven't had as much acceptance of it or, you know, of much of someone doing it when they, on the male side, unless they're just really being pushed into it. Which is no way to do it because you you really need to, you know, have some commitment to it because it is a process. It is. Yeah. Um, Do you ever like ease people into it by being like, I want you to just record three messages at home and then bring them in next time I see you and then tell me what that experience was like. Yeah. As a way to Mm -hmm. like 
ease somebody yes. into it. Like this is your homework. I want you to, yeah, try two, I usually say two to five messages. Just sit down, quiet space, do that and see see what how that was for you. And I mean, you literally can do that on your phone, you know, in a free app as long that does best if it's a WAV file or if you have a communication device and you want to do it within that, you know, most all of them have a way that you can do that just on within their software. Okay. So someone who has a smartphone can either download an app that's a voice recorder, just a any kind of voice recorder that will save the file as a WAV mm-hmm. file. Um, or most phones also just come with some kind of voice recorder Correct. too. Already right. installed. And then they can just record themselves saying, mm-hmm. I love you. Mm-hmm. No, I don't want to eat that tonight. That right. sounds awful. And bring it back in mm-hmm. and play it for you. Yeah. And you know, the easiest way to do it, most of them will let you name the file then when you save it, like when you've made a recording, mm-hmm. um, that is a good tip because if you don't name it, when you do dump it into a communication device or something, it's just dumped in as like number, you know, zero, 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 eight, five, eight, nine, eight, seven, six, you know, or some, I don't know, some <laughs> weird random number. And you're like, okay, so what's this one? Um, but if you name it, then it is typically dumped into the device named as well. So it's just a lot easier to kind of add it to a button then because you already know what it is. Okay. Um, yeah, I could definitely see this being an overwhelming project mm-hmm. for some folks. And if you're just able to break it up and just help them achieve success on a smaller right. scale. Right. And then just plug yeah. away at it a little bit. Yeah. I had another um, lady whose house is very uh, automated through her Alexa. And um, so she recorded a lot of her Alexa commands so that, you know, the communication device will soft, like the, the voice that comes within a communication device will Alexa will also pick that up as well. But she wanted Mm -hmm. to, she just wanted to, she was like, you know what, if we're making the button, I'll just say it in my voice so she can hear it. You know, she can hear me. So she had a lot of her Alexa commands um, in her own voice on her machine. And I was like, Oh, that's a good idea too. That is so cool. I like that. Um, this is a really random story. I don't know why I feel the need to share it, but (laughs) I had my nine year old niece visit and we have Alexa to turn on some lights Mm -hmm. in our house. And, um, she like nobody else was allowed to talk with Alexa. (laughs) Only she could. She was the one. Absolutely. Yes. And the craziest thing was though, like she would like, like angrily, like say them like, Alexa, turn on the kitchen light. And she's like the nicest, most mild mannered child. And I'm like, you need to be nice to the machines. Like one day they're exactly, going to take over. And they're exactly. Gonna- <laughs> <laughs> That's um, have you had people like, what would be like, a worst case scenario, like where did voice banking like go wrong or have some problems? Like, can we do this poorly? Can we do this wrong where we have negative outcomes? Is that even possible? Hmm. I think if you, I, I mean, I, I guess it could go wrong 
if, you know, one, your technology doesn't work. Like if you are just not a techie person and you really want to go back to the days of a um, tape recorder, hit the two buttons, play and record together, you know, that kind of thing. That's how old I am. So um, <laughs> if, if you just really don't have anybody to kind of help support you with the technology, um, I could see that it would be just overwhelming and daunting and, and would not be a very good experience for you because you would just be struggling the whole time. Um, and then if you if you really go into message banking, thinking that you have to record absolutely everything you say, um, I can't I cannot even imagine like that just very thought of it right here. It just like, oh my gosh. Like, I, I mean, why would you want to do that? That just sounds horrible. So mm -hmm. um, I think breaking it into chunks, trying to really prioritize those important things uh, has been where I have had the most success in almost kind of selling the idea, if, you know, for lack of a better mm -hmm. word. Have you ever um, asked your patient to ask their loved ones and the people closest to them and also the people who are kind of driving them into this message and voice banking activity to supply them with a couple phrases and sentences that they want to hear their loved ones say that they want? It has come to up just in conversations with message banking when I'm like, you know, you could just save a few things and, you know, just kind of special stories or, you know, just kind of going through my spiel. And then I have had, you know, uh, a child, usually it's a, it's a child, you know, of, of the individual say, yeah, like we have to keep the story about blah, blah, remember, you know? And so it's like, oh, well, exactly. Like you want to keep that one. So then it's like, well, I want to hear the story. What is it? You know, so um, wait, let me record first. Now tell me the story. Exactly. Let's just get one done right now. Um, so yes, that has definitely come up, um, as, as far as when we're discussing, like, well, you know, this is something I would like to keep this. Yeah. Like we have to have you telling this story. Um, that's definitely come up and I'm just like, exactly. You know, let's, let's do this. We already have one. Have you ever had anyone who started doing some messages, recording some messages, and then they're just like, oh, I hate everything. Oh, this makes me so depressed. Or, oh, this just, it hurts too much to record this. I've more had it that they just don't like the sound of their voice. Like they feel like they universal. <laughs> well, right. Exactly. No exactly. But no, they, they don't like the sound that their voice has become, I guess. Uh, so yeah. it's like, well, I didn't start early enough, so I'm not going to do it at all. I see. And, okay. um, you know, I still am like, well, I mean, but you can still, it's still going to sound like you, but a lot of, I don't have a lot of success once they have noticeable changes in their voice. Mm, okay. All right. That makes perfect sense. I feel like you're really shaping a really clear picture of um, like appropriate patients to really like strongly encourage mm -hmm. um, and then other ones to like tentatively suggest. Right. right. <laughs> I mean, it, it is, it's, it is a, you know, it's a, a delicate balance as far as, you know, you want, 
I always want people to have all of the information so that they can make, you know, an educated decision on how to move forward. But, you know, it is like, am I going to overwhelm them with this? Like, is this something they just aren't ready to hear? And so, you know, I, a lot of times if a patient is newly diagnosed with ALS, I just come in and introduce myself and just kind of say, these are some areas that you may have questions about or you may hear about. And so I just kind of say there's something called voice banking and message banking. And I just very briefly describe it. I mean, just like, it, you know, kind of saving messages in your voice. Um, you know, there's communication devices. That's what this is. I'm like, this is, you know, I just want you to know that these this, these things are, this is what I'm in this clinic to help with. So if these are things that you have questions about or you've heard about, um, you can certainly come to me with any questions you have about that. And so, yeah, I just try to kind of like, that's how we're going to start talking about this. And then if they want to know more, you know, then that kind of opens the door to, yeah, I have, you know, I, everybody's on the internet, everybody's reading. So I have read about this. So what, like how this sounds really hard or it's, you know, and so then that kind of, I, I try to let them lead it until okay. I get to know them a little bit better. But, you know, yeah. visit one is going to be, this is some information about it. This is what I'm here. Please ask me any questions you have. Hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm learning more about the, um, like the clinics that are run for, you know, ALS or Parkinson's is that they're not really therapy driven, they're education driven, mm -hmm. and that you are providing that education and being their guide on giving them the support that they need as this disease progresses. Correct. Correct. Yeah. I mean, there are definitely, you know, times that I'm doing therapy in the clinic, like if I'm, if we need to work on something on their device or something, but a lot of it is, is just education. Yeah. Are these clinics available outside of university centers? Because so far, I mean, I'm not very widely versed in this area, but the two that I know of are affiliated with universities and university hospitals. I don't know of, well, um, they're not all because, um, there is one in Springfield. Well, yeah, they're not all, but a lot of the um, a lot of them are. I was in Missouri. I know there's one um, through the Cox Health System in Springfield. And okay. um, I believe there's also a clinic. There used to be anyways. There may still be um, in like West Plains through a hospital system there. So um, in Missouri, anyways, they're not all affiliated with the university. Um, okay. But I, you know, the one, the bigger one, the bigger clinic, those are two smaller clinics. Um, the bigger ones that I know of are, you know, through Kansas, Nebraska, University of Missouri, that all through their universities. Okay. All right. Interesting. Okay. Um, so I think we're in kind of the wrap up stage. So did we cover pretty much everything that you feel like is comprehensive about voice and message banking? Are there any other little tidbits? You know, I, I feel like we've covered a lot. Um, and if you have questions, you know, the, the links I sent you, I think do answer a lot of questions mm -hmm. about it. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, 
if you have questions about how to do it and your user has a communication device already, you can always reach out to the rep for that company because they can also help with kind of how to do that. If you have messages, you know, already banked, how do you get them in there? If you want to bank messages on your machine, how do you do that? Um, they're, they're, the reps are really helpful for that. Um, yeah, but, like one was like a literal like step-by-step guide with icons and pictures and yeah, like, yeah, absolutely. They will hold you through that, right? Right. Um, so you know, I I feel like just making sure that people know about it, know what the difference is, and just mm-hmm. make sure that you know that they are talking to their clients about it. Yeah, I think before talking with you and diving into the resources that you provided. Um, I was like basically scared of like voice banking. Like if I got a patient and they were like, Hey, I'm interested in this. I would like freeze. I'd be like, Oh, I've got to do like so much research. Where do I even begin? Like I barely know what it means. I mean, I'm, you're banking your voice, you're recording your voice, but (laughs) how do you do that? What are you, where's the script? Like, right, right. It really is. It's a very straightforward and there's a difference. There's message banking Mm -hmm. and there's voice banking message banking, you're saying sentences or phrases or stories in your voice. And with voice banking, you're recording a large amount of information. And then the company will create a synthesized version of your voice. So it approximates your voice very closely. And it's for use all across a communication device. Whereas with the voice bank, you could just literally just pull up the saved files on your phone at its most basic, simplest, or you could upload those into a communication device or a communication app that's on your phone. Right. So many options. And yeah. Yeah. I feel like I, it's something I could tackle now. Like it's yeah. been mystified. Yay! <laughs> um, all right. Any parting thoughts? Words of inspiration? Just get your recorders out and start recording. And I think, you know, really, I have learned a lot about the process by doing it myself. So, I mean, you know, you sit down and you think, oh, well, how hard is this going to be? I'm just going to record this story in my phone. And then you hit the record button and you just like, it's like, again, I'm going to date myself, but like Cindy Brady on the Brady Bunch when... She was on some game show and like this the TV light came on and she like froze like deer in the headlights and you're like, uh, what do I say? So if you kind of go through that process and you hit that record button and you're like, uh, and then it's like, um, uh, where, uh, oh, okay. Yeah. I'm t- so kind of get all the flubs out mm-hmm. because you're going to have them and maybe leave them in because that makes it you. But I think biggest the way I've learned the most about it is by doing it um, and just going through like how many times did it take me to get that story down yeah so yeah that's my parting thoughts get out there and record your stories yay for everyone no matter what's coming down the pike just that's just- right that's right yeah that makes me think like when I'm working with patients for voice or even with aphasia And they can pull up their voicemail recording so I could hear what their voice was like before. It's incredible. Like sometimes the change that occurs after a stroke, even on people's voice. Right. um, It's pretty incredible. So, yeah, 
okay, get out there, people play with this stuff, go record your voice, do some message banking. That's right. And you know, all of the websites where you can create a voice, you can create a voice that somebody else could use. So maybe, you know, and like you're donating your voice. So, I mean, if you just want to go through the process, um, I mean, you can then donate your voice for somebody else to use if they, if they so choose. So um, it's, it's certainly not going to hurt you to try it out. Yeah. You have nothing to lose, but to learn by the process and then to know what your patients might go through. Like you said, you know, it was, right. it was a lot of work to make your voice bank and you, you know, you have a, a healthy voice right now. And then for people who are going through this disease process, like it could be a lot more taxing for them. And when you understand that, you know, you can be supportive of that. Right. When they're experiencing it. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Michelle. Well, another amazing discussion in the books. Thank you so much for letting Absolutely. me come your information. <laughs> yeah, thanks for letting me share. Always a pleasure. Do you know what you're doing next summer? I do. I'm presenting awesome medical-focused SLP CEUs on an Alaskan cruise with SpeechTherapyPD.com. From July 10th to the 17th of 2020, we're offering 12 hours of CEUs during a seven-day cruise through the Alaskan and Canadian coast. Check out speechtherapypd.com slash cruise to learn more and sign up. I hope to see you there. Go check out the show notes on speechuncensored.com. Michelle and I have provided great links to learn more and connect patients with resources. Huge thanks to Michelle for sharing her expertise and experience on the podcast. I'm pleased to welcome a trio of incredible SLPs to the podcast next week. I am so fortunate to have Sandy Hirsch, Leah Hallou, and Christy Block on to discuss the incredible multi-day workshop they collaborate on to equip voice clinicians to support speakers along the gender spectrum. They are so thoughtful in their approach to this discussion, and it's clear to me how deeply they care about the work they do and the clients that they serve. It's an excellent episode, and I can't wait to share it with you all. I want to thank you so much for your reviews on iTunes. I read them. I love them. Your thoughtful words mean everything to me, so thank you. Oh, and keep it up. (laughs) I hope this episode has nourished your brain, and you'll see how your practice flourishes as a result. Now go be awesome.